Hello and welcome to the Courage Fitness Podcast. It's a brand new show created in-house here at Courage Fitness Durham in downtown Durham, North Carolina. I'm Nick Mueller, the head coach at CFD, and I'm here with my co-host, Keenan Comer. Keenan, say what's up. What's up? Hey everyone, welcome back to the Courage Fitness Podcast. I'm here with my co-host Keenan. What's up? And today we're going to talk a little bit about training. We've been spending a couple episodes jamming on nutrition and habits, but today we want to get right into some training stuff. Specifically, Keenan, what I want to jam on today is what our training is designed to do for people. So, one of the questions I have for you is, what are some of the things that you've seen different in our gym that you haven't seen so much in other gyms? So, broadly. I would say an emphasis on sustainability long-term. Okay. Would you care for me to expand? I would yeah. like for you to elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. All right. So what I mean by that is, is it's not about just smoking you every single workout. And I have to give you kudos for putting together like really good programming that makes sense over a time frame. Like I love that you've broken down like, hey, we're doing six weeks and we're emphasizing hypertrophy or muscle growth, right? That doesn't mean we're just doing bodybuilding workouts, but it means that we have this broad theme that we're working towards. So one that's working you towards your goals. And the way that you put the workouts together is, it makes sense. It's not back-to-back squat pattern days, right? It's not back-to-back hinging pattern days, right? Where we're gonna blow out our backs and feel awful. You really, if you hit these workouts right, you should be able to consistently meet your goals for getting into the gym. Most people have a goal three times a week is what we like, you know, is kind of like optimal. Mm-hmm. Some people do more, some people have to do a little less. But if you wanted to work out every day, you can do that here at Courage without hurting yourself. If you take the appropriate, you know, make the appropriate weight choices. Yeah, totally. It's definitely one of the goals of how we build things is it's not necessarily written for someone to do Monday through Saturday, but they could here and there if they wanted to and it wouldn't blow them up, destroy them necessarily because we create opportunities for varying levels of intensity, higher intensity days. We have days that are intentionally pared down uh, on an intensity scale where we don't even allow people to express maximal intensity. We might do that by shortening an interval or maybe we do something really fast like a front squat uh, and then we'll immediately move into something like a plank hold that immediately makes you stop you know, you're still working, you're still getting a contraction, but you can't go too fast on a plank hold, right? You're either in a good position and in a good, good contraction or you're not. Um, so I'm glad that that's something that you noticed was our commitment to creating sustainability for people. Because I think something that's really important for everyone's exercise routines is that they can see themselves physically doing it for a really, really long time. Because we know that just through experience, like things to, in order to get adaptation to change, they just take time. And there are things that we can do that can be really drastic, that can create a lot of change, but they're oftentimes not sustainable. And so we run into the situation where somebody drastically improves their situation. We're gonna put that in air quotes. Maybe I lost 20 pounds in six weeks, eight weeks, whatever it is, but all of the habits and the things that I had to do in order to achieve that were not sustainable long-term. It's not something I wanted to do forever. And over a long enough period, they brought themselves right back to where they started. And it feels like a giant waste of time for them. It may not necessarily be true, but that's just how they feel about that scenario. Um, so one of the other things that we like to think about what we do here at Courage is we follow the CrossFit methodology. That's where our gym is from. That's what our, our training is born in. It's the style of training that you and I have done before and we loved it. There's yeah. reasons that we love it. Um, and a lot of kudos goes out to that. 
one of the things that we do is we try to take that methodology and put our own unique uh, belief in it and our own unique spin on it so that we have our interpretation of what certain things mean. And one of the things that always came back to me was the constantly varied aspect of it. And I feel like a lot of people took that constantly varied aspect and they thought it needs to be random. And when we got it random, we started running into things like you mentioned where I'm gonna do back squats on Monday and then I'm doing thr or thrusters on Tuesday. And it's like, oh, well those movements are different. Like, Bro, you're still below parallel. It's like, okay, not too bad. You got two back-to-back -back squatting days if I hit Monday and Tuesday, but then it's like a Friday if I do box jumps and lunges, I'm below parallel again. It's like my hips and knees only have so much and creating uh, over a long enough timeline, people will just get beat up that way if we're not being careful about how we balance out the patterns. Uh, and we were also running into situations where we were missing patterns entirely. Like there was a stretch of time where the only time we were doing anything unilateral, one arm or one leg, was randomly when we would do heavy front rack lunges or heavy back rack lunges. We weren't doing anything like step ups, we weren't doing side lunges, we weren't um, changing the variation in which we were doing our unilateral stuff. Uh, and then we saw a lot of holes in that once we started taking a look at those. We started testing people and assessing people and we're like, oh, we're running into these situations where people have one leg that's tons stronger than the other one. We've seen a hip shift in their squat that we haven't been able to fix before. Now they have back pain. We've tested their leg strength and it's like one leg is way stronger than the other. And it's, we can draw that correlation to because we never trained unilaterally enough. We've created that problem and now we have to undo it. Yeah, um, there's a whole... There's a whole system, right, that all relies on each other. One, like the programming that you're going to get in a courage group class over time is sustainable, mm -hmm. right, and has a purpose. Two, when something does get out of line for whatever reason, maybe you're just coming in and you've come in with those things, or maybe it's something that you've trained that we've missed. One, sorry if we missed it. Come talk to us or we'll find you. Um, that wasn't supposed to be threatening. It sounded, uh, a little, did it sound a little threatening? We'll find you. You had hatred in your eyes. I saw it. <laughs> All right, but so we've got the programming and courage, right? But we also have the toolkit to help address problems that are going to come up. Mm. Strength and balance has happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're not we're definitely not perfect human beings walking around, and we'll probably never be entirely 100% symmetrical. It's just not how our bodies work, not with the tasks that we're asked to do day to day in our lives. But what we can do is use our training, which is our ultimate goal is how do I use training? to improve my body's ability to do things so that I can have a better life outside of the gym. I think a lot of people get things very backwards when they're like, I, they have this mindset of I train to be better at training, mm -hmm. which has its own space. Like I respect some people, people, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but some people like, like fitness is their sport. Yeah. And that's awesome. But that's, that's not everybody. It's mm -hmm. not what everybody has to do to get the fitness that they want. Totally. And I think that that was a big problem for a while is, we didn't know how to speak to the other people. We only knew how to speak to people who fitness was their sport, not an official sport or anything for them, but it's like by seeing improvement in the gym, that was their, their it was very validating, gratifying, all that stuff, which is totally fine until it was, until you were a person who that didn't matter to, right? And we didn't know how to speak to that other person. We didn't even know how to service that other person. We went through definitely a space and time where the program that we were putting out on the floor and the things that we were asking people to do was producing amazing results for like 20% of our population because they were the only people who were quote unquote, and I'll say it fit enough or skilled enough to be able to take advantage of what we were doing in a way that was actually pushing them forward. Everyone else was having to scale and modify and learn. They were constantly having to learn uh, versus being able to just express themselves 
so that they were their results were way more minimized than that I would say that 20% uh, being able to break away from that was hugely helpful for us and then just shifting our mindset around what was a good and effective workout when we stopped asking ourselves how much can I make someone do how hard can I get someone to work and then started looking at things like what is the minimum amount of thing I could have this person do to elicit a change that was really game-changing and eye-opening because now I feel like we've starting to expand people's lifespan inside of our gym whereas maybe the average was like six months and something would go wrong or they'd have a setback or maybe they weren't achieving the results to now they can see themselves doing it for six years and it's still fun and they're still getting to progress because they're getting enough exposure to all of the major movement patterns and all of the lifts and all of the things that they want to do and they're progressing in the gym but it's directly translating to outside the gym people are able to go on long hikes and they don't have to worry about being last. We have so many of our members that play recreational sports of some kind and they're either able to continue doing that because of the things they do in here or they're getting better because of the things that they do in here. Um, and so that's what we want to do is we want to create an environment where people can come in to improve their lives outside of the gym. And if they get better at the stuff inside and it's really fun, that's dope too. But it doesn't mean that just because you're not doing muscle ups doesn't mean your fitness isn't improving. Yeah, and that's sort of going back to like you're making a fair point and I want to add on that, but going back to what you're talking about, the constantly varied part of CrossFit, mm -hmm. that it kind of fed, it was fed, it fed into and was fed by the sort of bro science out there about like shocking your body. Mm. Like you always need to be shocking your body for growth, right? Like we shock it with heavier weights, boom, your body responds like that, right? Mm -hmm. That's the idea. So it's like that, oh, you just got to be doing something different all the time. Then your mm -hmm. body's going to grow. You're going to get the results you want, mm -hmm. which is typically the muscle growth strength, whatever. Mm -hmm. But there's also, there's a science behind building strength. Mm -hmm. There's a science behind building muscle. There's a science behind endurance, right? Something we do here with the programming is we actually have that, again, this is like what I was talking about at the beginning, that like block of training or that sort of theme that we're going with mm -hmm. is focused enough to actually get you the results because the randoms throwing stuff at the wall, that is, the bro science isn't real. Mm -hmm. Just doing random stuff all the time isn't going to like, quote, shock your body mm -hmm. into just becoming the Hulk, right? It's not like you can't just like trip your body out until it's like, ah, I'm gonna grow all the muscle. Break my t-shirt. Yeah, exactly. So it's, you know. And I, I will definitely say that switching things up and keeping things varied is helpful from a fun perspective. Like Totally. Yeah. A lot of people just don't enjoy doing the same thing over and over, even though we've seen a lot of research. Like if you look up a, a program that's designed specifically for hypertrophy, it's going to make your legs bigger. You're going to do a lot of the same movements over and over and over because frequency and exposure and volume are the largest driving factors when it comes to muscle growth. Like we know that now. However, if you don't want to do the thing, you won't do it long enough to achieve the results anyway. So it's finding that sweet spot of switching things up enough to keep them fun and, and you know, varied enough that you want to come do it. You, there's a little bit of excitement to not knowing what you're going to do on every Tuesday. Um, but there's also, we have to do enough work on the back end to make sure that like, do I have my people lunging? Are they hinging enough? Are they pulling more than they're pressing so I can keep their shoulders healthy? Um, you know, when I'm watching someone squat, do I understand if their depth is limited by actual flexibility, motor control, or is that weight just too damn heavy? Um, there's a lot that goes into designing a program that we have to be really cognizant of, and it's it's hard to do that sometimes. Uh, it's a it's a challenge, man. I, yeah. You know, you program for you know people individually, but also our group classes. Like I can say, programming one on one, it can be tough to balance 
okay, what are all of their goals? Triaging, making sure that they're enjoying the training, mm -hmm. but also working towards the results they want. Like somebody says, I want to build more muscle to improve my body composition mm -hmm. for this reason and this reason. Okay, bodybuilding workouts, like you just hit on, they kind of suck. Yeah. Like it's, it's boring, it's tough. Like, it's funny, like the CrossFit thing too was like, it's functional fitness and mm -hmm. it got, had sort of this reputation of being a little smug mm -hmm. because everybody's been doing bodybuilding workouts mm -hmm. ever since Pumping Iron came out, right? right. With Arnold, that's like fitness, physique, that's what it was all about. And I feel like bodybuilders got disrespected for a while. <laughs> but now coming back around, they've done the work that's proved the science mm -hmm. on how we build muscle. So if you want to build muscle, talk to those guys. Mm -hmm. Now, this is interesting because I was DMing a bodybuilder on Instagram talking about some things and there's some things that he was talking about like that sounded like a little extreme mm. um to me but they also made sense in a way so i text i like message and i was like i was like honest question not like bashing you i was like but this seems a little extreme to me and he was like if you want great results you're gonna have to do some things that are a little extreme mm. so and he's huge he's like a serious <laughs> like serious bodybuilder Okay. I mean, huge. You're talking like Ronnie Coleman, Jay Cutler. Yeah, I mean okay. he's not professional, but he's a guy like, yeah, he's, okay. he's he could probably compete in some like you know pro am competitions and like big, be up there. Yeah, big big. big yeah. And he runs um he has a business. I think it's called. I shout him out if I could remember it. Um, the science of sculpture. Okay. Right. Um, but yeah. So him saying that if you want great results, you're gonna have to do some things that are extreme. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about that like specializing and like what we learn from people who specialize mm -hmm. but most of us just kind of want general physical preparedness mm -hmm. for our life yep. we don't want to be bodybuilders no. those guys are helpful and they prove a lot of points that we can use and like prove the science that we want to use mm -hmm. to get that general physical preparedness but we also want to learn things from marathon runners about endurance mm -hmm. right and i think that's what's fun about the functional fitness space is that you're trying to actually combine all this. It's not that we're doing something totally different. Mm -hmm. It's we're trying to do all this stuff and get that nice medium. Yeah. Like medium is not, I don't mean this like synonymous with mediocre. Mm. It's like, it's functional, right? Like we just want to be functional human beings who are able to do varied things because life is varied. Most of us aren't specialized in one thing. We want to do a lot of things. Yeah, Sorry. let's let's dive in onto the word functional. What does that mean for you? Man, for me, I mean, it's gotta be individualized. Like, okay. Functional fitness, right? So, fit to do the things I need to function. Like, and part of functioning is like being a happy and like well-expressed individual. Mm -hmm. So for me, that means like playing different sports when I want to. Like, mm -hmm. if somebody's like, "Hey, man, you want to go play spike ball?" I want to be able to go play spike ball and have a good time doing it. Mm -hmm. If they're like, "You want to play pickup soccer?" I haven't played soccer forever, but I feel fit enough that I can like go out there and kick the ball around. Mm -hmm. Doing Muay Thai for me is really important. Like, being fit enough to do that thing day in and day out that I love to do, still be able to come home and spend time with my wife without just being a wreck mm -hmm. as well. Like all those things are part of how I function. So like my fitness should feed essentially my life and the things that I need to do to be a happy and well-balanced individual. Yeah, I think that's a really good definition. I love that definition. For me, your level of functionness, I'm just gonna make that word up. Functionality? You, your, your function, your functional fitness improves the more you were able to say yes to things. That's it. The, all of the things that you just said are things that people need to do as humans. There's this weird phenomena scenario where I think if you can get so good in the gym, but you have to start saying no to other things. Like for me, a personal example is I remember there was a space in my life where I could snatch 200 pounds. Like you could put it on the bar. 
I could warm up a little bit and I could hit it most times. But I was afraid to go try to like play basketball with my friends because my knees hurt all the time. I hadn't, I couldn't change direction very well. I was slow. Um, but if you watch me lift, you'd be like, oh, that dude's like athletic and fast. But I wasn't doing enough other things to actually make myself athletic or functional in the real world space to be able to say yes to things. Like I didn't want to go on hikes. So my knees and hips would hurt. Um, like I said, I couldn't play recreational sports with my friends. If Tori, my wife wanted to go do something, like I was always kind of worried about like, you know, if I could actually physically do it. But now I'm in a space where I can say yes to a whole lot more and I'm training a lot less. And that's not to say that less training is the answer. It's I've shifted my perspective on what I want to do when I'm in the gym and what it actually needs to support for me. So when we look at what we're trying to provide for people, you mentioned general physical preparedness, like that's literally what we want. It's what can our people say yes to more often? What is it that they want to say yes to more often? And when we bring somebody in, it's what do you have to say no to right now? Some of our metrics are successor. At what point and how often do you now get to say yes to that thing? Yeah, I think that's thinking about like extreme results, like a 200 pound snatch is balling. Like you I do that. Really cool. You do that in a CrossFit gym, people are gonna start looking. Like mm -hmm. people are gonna gather around and be like, what? Yeah. They're gonna ask for tips. You feel really, really cool in the gym. That's an awesome, great result. But what you had to give up to get there, mm -hmm. it's a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a lot for you, you just mentioned it. How like that was tough for you. For some people, that's what they want. They're mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'll give up all that stuff because I wanna be able to lift heavy weights. That's cool. Yeah, it's totally that's fine. Awesome. Most people aren't there. Yeah, and it's just not who, yeah, it's just not a, that's not a lifestyle that we necessarily want to provide for people. That's not the, the training and the outcomes that we want to provide. We'd much rather right now help the person who hasn't been able to say yes to doing physical activity with their kids actually say yes to that. Can we train them in the gym to deadlift and pick things up off the floor so they can get things off the floor and realize, can I can pick my kid up, I can twirl them around, throw them around like you're about to be a dad. There's all these things that you're going to have to do on the floor. And there are so many people in the world who have quote unquote bad hips and knees from whatever is whatever it is that they've been doing, whatever training. Um, the idea of thinking them to themselves, like kneeling down to the floor, play with their kids and Legos and all that, like they know that's gonna hurt. And they're already, I can already envision like the dad going, oh, well, here we go. And like getting down on the ground mm -hmm. and then like grunting to move around and all that stuff. And like, that doesn't have to be a world that people live in. We just have to be smart about what we're doing. Yeah, and I think it's something really, really exciting about what we're doing here is just providing that level of fitness to more and more people and making it accessible. Mm -hmm. Like, like there's things that that person who wants to specialize needs mm -hmm. and there's people out there to provide it for them. Mm -hmm. But like talking about going back to our nutrition conversation with, you know, with uh, Ashley, we're talking about like, what does, what's the baseline exposure that a kid needs to nutrition and fitness? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Like what's the baseline that everyone in the world, right? Like we have a health crisis in this country, like pandemic aside, mm -hmm. right? We have a health crisis. So what is, how can we get more and more people access to fitness? Yeah. Like you, you actually don't wanna like change the health of a nation. Like it needs to be cultural. Mm -hmm. That's one great thing too about talking about, you know, we've got good programming. We've got coaches with great tools to help you. We also have a culture and a community of people that are you know focused on getting fit rather than putting up numbers mm. and what we're talking about is general physical preparedness we have so many people who have bought into that are working towards that that that's that's the kind of thing that you that's the kind of shift that you can 
make culturally and bring people into. You're not going to bring everybody into maxing out their back squat, mm-hmm. snatches, muscle ups, all those hard, st- all that hard stuff that's really cool. It's just not attractive to a lot of people. What is attractive to people is being able to say yes mm-hmm. to the things they want to do. Mm-hmm. The a, a big important thing that I want to come out of this conversation is to help people understand that just because we choose not to do something or we don't do something that often doesn't mean that it doesn't not, it's not valuable. Um, we don't, like you mentioned, max out. We don't do a lot in the one to two rep max space. Not because I don't think that would make people strong. strong. I know it would. It's the risk reward on that for what we're looking at to provide for people. It just isn't necessarily there for me. Um, you know, the heavier you go, you know, when we're expressing full on muscle contraction potential, there's just risks that run with that. And there's risks with everything. You step off a curb and get hit by a car at any point. But it's understanding that it's, I don't have to do those things in order to insert blank, get stronger, be more muscular, lose weight, say yes to more things. You don't always have to do the hardest version of everything. And it's okay if you're not. Like if, if we're in here squatting, because we are, like in a couple weeks, we're going to start doing some threes and some fives in the squat to try to push everyone's strength. But there are going to be some people who their top end strength in that pattern isn't a priority for them. And that's okay. And what we're going to do is provide them guidance on here's how you come in and you do that squat workout and you get to train that pattern because everyone needs to be able to squat uh, from a functionality perspective. But that doesn't mean that you have to be in a you know nine of 10 effort blue in the face after you stand up a heavy squat. So it's, it's creating that culture of you can come here and work hard. The way you work is up to you and what you ultimately want. We don't have to put these things on pedestals or we don't have to create priorities for people. We ask them what it is that is a priority for them. Uh, and then that helps us just provide guidance. But again, it's, I don't want anybody to think that just because we're not maxing out or doing heavy Olympic lifts all the time that I don't think that that's valuable for some people. It's just not, it doesn't fit as much into the realm of what we're trying to provide for people, which is the higher functioning lives. Uh, being able to live active lifestyles outside of the gym and our training is supposed to support their ability to live those active lifestyles um, and give them enough education and coaching that if something goes wrong because at some point everyone's gonna have a setback they can get themselves back quicker uh, and with a better plan versus what's happened before it's like I hurt myself this is all we do as a gym I have to either skip those days or I just don't ever get to train that pattern or whatever now we're better equipped now to remove the ego and the intensity from when they're trying to come back and just say, you need to focus on X, Y, Z thing. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it's a better, I get too esoteric, but I think it's also a better place like mentally, like spiritually Mm. in a way. Hmm. This is coming from like, you know, training and studying a lot of martial arts, right? Like that's one thing that's like why why parents put their kids in karate class because they want the discipline, right? They Mm -hmm. want that sort of ethos. And I think there takes a lot of a lot of discipline, I think, for people's egos, especially if you, I think, well, I'll just speak, I'll personalize this, like coming up where lifting heavy was a big deal, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's sort of how I came up to high school, bigger, faster, stronger, Mm -hmm. right? Lifting heavy was a big deal. It was sort of my marker, one of the markers, like a big one of my fitness and how I felt about myself. It takes a lot of discipline to let that go and just do the work that's good for you without always having to check in and like, wait, how strong am I? Mm. But you can replace that word strong with like, how cool am I? How like cool do other people think I am? How good do I feel about myself? 
that might be attached to a number, mm-hmm. right? And whether that number is below, above or below 200 pounds on your bench. Mm-hmm. How you feel about yourself, if you attach it to that, you're always gonna be checking in, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I wanna max out, I wanna max out, I wanna do that. You're exposing yourself to more risk, one. Let it go, do the work, you know, that's not maxing out all the time, over a long period of time, like have like a longevity mindset. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's less stressful and you feel better about yourself. And then either you let go of that or you check in on it every once in a while. You made a, that's a really good example because people do get super tied up into their performance ability. Uh, and the, it's good in the sense that we want to create check-in points. Am I progressing? Am I maintaining? Because maintaining your fitness is just as important as progressing it. There's going to be larger stages of our life where we need to maintain that fitness versus trying to grow it because growing is hard. Um, but it's it's understanding what you're after on a little bit higher level so that when you do test the bench press because it's important to you and you normally can do 200 and you can only do 195 that you don't immediately spiral and be like oh my whole day and life is ruined because i'm so attached to that one singular thing it's making sure that you have enough within the rest of your mental physical relationship practices so that it's just like oh okay cool maybe if i want to if that's a priority for me i'm not benching 200 pounds right now, maybe I should bench a little bit more. You can make small tweaks and adjustments, but the the, re, or the important thing is that you don't get so wrapped up in the fact that you didn't do it that it ruins your psyche, your mood, and, and all of that for the rest of the day. You can't allow that to happen. You'll sacrifice your technique. And if you're sacrificing technique, in my opinion, yeah. you tell me what you think about this, you're sacrificing your well-being. Totally. Right? It's, and if you'll, you'll sacrifice your technique, I'm gonna do anything I can to put this up. Yeah, because 200 pounds makes me the person I want to be. And if I'm not doing that, Mm -hmm. then I'm not the person I want to be. And then if you go through the mindset of, I'll achieve it by any means necessary, then you might express a weight in a way that doesn't even look like that bench press anymore. Your hips are all up, whatever, that whole thing. Like that's exactly what you're alluding to is, does it even even still matter if it doesn't look like the lift anymore? Exactly, like, yeah. I I was telling you I had a little aggro group class the other day. I'll tell the story. It was like, I can't remember what the movement, I think it was an overhead press. Okay. And I was like, if you're like, oh, I can overhead press this much and it looks like this, mm-hmm. the hell you can, because that's not an overhead press. <laughs> yes. That is some sort of weird standing bench press because your back is arched like totally. a banana. Yeah. It's, you know? So it's like, like this, as a coach, like, this is funny. Nobody should care about me respecting them. But like, <laughs> the people I respect and the people I look at, are the people who have an appropriate weight. I don't even see the weight anymore. Mm-hmm. I see the movement. Mm-hmm. And when I see somebody gliding through a movement, oh, like if we're doing something overhead where you gotta like snap through some hip extension uh-huh. and I see some nice snappy hips, I don't care if you're moving a 15 pound dumbbell. You snap those hips, I'm stoked. I, yeah, That's what I, I get excited I'm about. so glad you said that because I think that there's just this big common misconception that we're only proud of people when the weights are like heavier or improving, yeah. going like up. The t-shirt that's like the 1,000 pound club. Yeah. Like you've seen those where it's like uh-huh. whatever you're powerlifting, you know, mm-hmm. your bench, squat, and deadlift is like 1,000 pounds. You uh-huh. get that club. It's like, I don't care. I don't care about the weight you're moving. I want to see that deadlift. Yeah, totally. It's it's cool, but it's a, if your movement doesn't even, if your movement's not good, then what are we doing? Because we perform movements the way that we do because it transfers directly to what we want to achieve. For example, like we deadlift the way that we do, flat backs, you know, hips a little higher than knees, that whole thing, because we're trying to strengthen the entire backside of our body. And so we're moving in a way that facilitates that while keeping our spine in a, a nice, strong, 
safe position. We'll call it a safe position. The moment that a weight changes your movement pattern, it's no longer serving you for what it's supposed to do. You're doing an overhead press and you're snapping your spine in half to bend over backwards to press the thing overhead. You're not even strengthening your shoulders anymore. You're just convulsing until a weight reaches an end point. Yeah. Uh, and you're then, like a slave to an in out, in, uh, inanimate object. Yeah. You're like, your ego is so tied to that, that that weight's actually controlling you and making you do things that aren't good for you. Yeah, and it's like, what did you achieve? Well, I put this 100 pound barbell over my head. I mean, cool, cool. but like, what did you get out of it from a, like a response perspective from your body? And it's like, is the juice worth the squeeze? At that yeah, point? it's like, well, I mean, I, I squeeze my body real hard and my back kind of hurts now and like, I got it up, I got it up. And yeah. it's like, uh okay, but like you didn't express any type of strength from your shoulder tricep, that's whole thing. So yeah, I mean, it just comes down to what are we doing when we're lifting, when we're doing any of them, pull-ups, you know, it doesn't have to just be lifting, it's box jumps, pull-ups, that whole thing. I'm trying to create a response and an adaptation. The minute my ego asks me to do something that no longer serves that function, I'm just doing shit just to do shit. Like just to say I did it, yeah. I may not actually get a return from that. I think that's really important. I think there's a little bit of that rush too. Like, you do get sort of that, you get that endorphin rush of like, yeah, mm -hmm. I did the thing. And sometimes it's fun to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but you should do it well. Like, take pride in doing it well. Another thing is like, from a, so, like, we can chastise people for like, not doing things well, but they're like, I still got it. And if that's important to them, you did. But, to help that person, like, we can make them see that like, if you can like nail down how to move this weight well mm -hmm. and do that consistently over time, your performance will skyrocket. Mm. We were just talking about somebody who is, I won't mention, I don't, we won't mention people in nine names. I think that's a good rule. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and then so, good. No, even when it's positive, you know, you know, keep it anonymous, but she'll probably, she should know who she is because she runs, right? Uh -huh. Long distance runner. That's like her thing outside the gym. Yep. You see her like doing a dumbbell snatch, uh -huh. you would not think that chick is a long distance, you know, quote, endurance athlete. Uh -huh. You think that chick is strong. Yeah. Cause she is, and you watch her move and it's beautiful mm -hmm. and efficient mm -hmm. and snappy. She's obviously been doing those movements over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. She wasn't throwing that 50 pound dumbbell over her head mm -hmm. when she first started. Right. She didn't struggle uh, I do and look like okay. weird, you know, yeah. She didn't look all weird doing it and eventually iron out the kinks with the same amount of weight. She started small, uh -huh. worked her way up, and okay. now she glides through workouts. She's mm -hmm. She's working hard. Totally. But the work looks so clean. Mm -hmm. It's like a pleasure to watch. Because you're like, she's killing it. Yeah, it looks like it's supposed to. And I do know who you're talking about now. It's important that everyone understands that in this example, this person was snatching a 50-pound dumbbell yesterday, this morning, whenever that was. But she's also the same person who... When we've had workouts before, she's brought out a weight, done one or two, and then said, that didn't move the way I wanted it to and got a lighter one. Yes. Because she prioritized being able to do it well because she knows if she does it well, eventually she'll be able to do it heavier. But even if she can't, she knows she'll be able to do it long term because she can reproduce the same thing over time. She knows when it's good. She knows when it's not good. Then she can adjust. And how much more healthy is that? Like, from like a spiritual perspective to look inward and choose a weight based on what's, based on you. Yeah. Rather, rather than look around the room and go, that dude's about my size, but he's doing that? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go heavier. Yeah. Like you're looking outward. Yeah. Like look inward because what, like the progress that you wanna see is you, mm -hmm. right? 
So look to yourself, like find out what your limitations are, come up against them and push them slightly. Don't look at somebody else's and try to do what they're doing because it's not appropriate for you. They're not you. No, you gotta ask yourself, why am I here in general? What am I doing with my health and fitness? And what do I wanna get out of this day? Once you answer those two questions, weight selections, movement selections, all that becomes easy. And it's like the CrossFit, you know, like one of the things that attracted me to it back in the day was like a little bit of like competitive totally. atmosphere. Mm -hmm. But what are we competing on? What if you can get a room full of people to compete on having the best movement possible? Mm. That'd be pretty sick. Yeah. I feel like that's sort of what our culture leans to is like people sort of check each other a little bit. Yeah. Like, I, I think one of the one of the healthiest, most toxic things that we have at our gym is that we have a bunch of people who will call you out for moving like absolute trash. Uh, and it's not just coaches, but like we get yeah. to do it uh, and we do it in varying degrees of uh, aggro-ness, if you will. But I mean, it really just warms my heart when somebody's working out, maybe they're in class, maybe they're not, but someone's like, hey, are you gonna like do that better? Or are you just gonna keep- <laughs> just Roasting their life on the floor? Yeah, I was like, that. hey, great looking rounded back deadlift, homie. And it's like, whoa, that wasn't a coach who said that to somebody. It's like, mm -hmm. we're prioritizing, we're creating this space where people are prioritizing their movement because they understand that it's good. Yeah. We're starting to kind of see less and less of the, oh, but it counts, right? Oh, yeah. it counts, I did it. It's like, yeah, but you didn't do it well. Like one of our big ones is we've got a lot, good amount of people who can do bar muscle ups. And there are some savages when you start seeing people who are like chicken winging and there's just like, you, you can feel it coming. They're like, you gonna use both arms or what? <laughs> it's like, you want some sauce for those wings? Like, yeah. what are we doing here? And it's, it's, it's awesome because that's the, uh, the type of competitive environment that we really want, right? Yeah. It's, can, I, can we push each other to do things that are difficult and hard, but can we all hold ourselves to a standard? To do them well. Yeah, it's like, it, again, it's when, and when our people are doing it, when I say our people, I mean not the coaches, like the actual members, when they're having those conversations without us, dude, that's the ultimate goal. Because um, we should encourage working hard. We should encourage trying to build yourself and grow. But it's, yeah, it's, it's creating the standard of excellence around you that's, that's really important. It's how, how, how high of a standard can I hold you to doing things? Like I've, I will talk about Stefan. Stefan knows this. Like Stefan and I have done a workout before where- Stefan's a coach, by the way. <laughs> um, so we can talk, we can talk. Yeah, so we, we can say whatever we want. We can reveal his identity. Yeah. Um, and I remember like we were doing a workout, this was probably a year or two ago, we were doing a workout where we were gonna do bar muscle ups. And I told him, you're either gonna do them right or you're gonna have to do chest to bar pull ups. And he was like, okay. And he tried a couple and they got a little better, but about two rounds in, he both we both agreed that it was time to go do pull ups instead of muscle ups because that pattern just wasn't there. But it was nice because he was he could have been like, why is this guy being a dick? Like, mm -hmm. screw you, I can do it. But instead he took the challenge and he tried to do it better and then he's worked on them ever since. Yeah. Like pro tip for your workouts for our members, like if you can do some toes to bar, do them. If you mm -hmm. run out, send your toes to a target. Yeah. Or if there's room and it makes sense, have a med ball to the side and you'll do some like med ball sit-ups or some V-ups. Like do the thing. If you can't, nobody's gonna judge you like because oh you can only do so many. You yeah. It's like Yeah. Just because you can or can't or just because you can't express a skill doesn't mean you're gonna lose points in your workout. Like if I do toes to bar and you do kipping like toes to target and you don't quite touch the bar, you and I are still getting engagement through the core, the hip flexors, the lats, all that stuff. We're still doing, you're still getting the same response. My toes happen to touch the bar, yours don't. I don't get bonus points. Like yeah. my fitness doesn't, nothing magically happens. I'm just able to express that movement in a little bit different way than you are. You have a choice in that moment. 
you can either say, I'm going to touch my toes to the bar because Nick's touching my, his toes to the bar, and you can change your movement and do the thing where you like flip your butt up towards the ceiling and you look like you know a monkey rolling over or whatever, and you can like hit it and go count it, um, but it's never going to actually make you better at the thing. You're always going to have to do that same little tuck-up mm -hmm. thing. Or you could, in that day, continue to work on your kip swing, try to get your toes as high as you can comfortably maintain, and you do that for a couple weeks, and as you improve strength and understanding of how to express that movement, all of a sudden now, in three weeks, you're touching the bar too, and we're doing the same workout. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. It's, I just got there a little faster, but you chose not to sacrifice so that you could have an ego on that day, yeah. um, and you actually improved. Whereas yeah. like the inverse would be, I force myself to touch the bar, and I can only ever do it that way. So you're talking about performance. A lot of people claim they want performance. Like we're hammering this ego thing, we're talking about, you know, bettering yourself over time. But like, if you actually want better performance, then do the thing right within your limits, right? Mm -hmm. It's like professional golfers, like consistency, right? They've hit so many golf balls so consistently in so mm -hmm. many ways, and that's why they play so well, because mm -hmm. then you can know exactly how their body's gonna move. Mm -hmm. Like when you're doing a workout, like having consistency, like not being able to do it wrong, Yes. It feels so good. That is one of my, oh, I'm so glad you said it, because it's one of my favorite phrases. I don't want to teach you how to do this right. I want to teach you so well that you can't do it wrong anymore. Right. Yeah, I was working on that with a Muay Thai client today. We were ironing out some details. It was, he thought his hips, he's like, I just need, I need to stretch my hips, stretch my hips up, stretch out my hips more, because he can throw a great low kick when he tries to throw higher, like to the body, so I think like to the ribcage area, it just kind of falls apart. There's something weird was happening. We made one small adjustment in his foot position and then all of a sudden he's doing it, mm -hmm. right? But I have to cue him and watch him and make sure every rep is great. Mm -hmm. So now I'm like, now you know, we've boiled it down to elevation and pull. Those are the two key words that we were using. Now I need you to elevate and pull now on every single one of your kicks, right? I need you to practice this get the reps in until you can't do it wrong, mm -hmm. until it's just natural. Because other parts of his kick look great. Like his arm positioning and things he's doing there, doesn't naturally, doesn't think about it. Hasn't always been that way. I'm like, now just do this consciously, right? Make every rep a quality rep. Because mm -hmm. there's a thing like in Thailand and Thai boxing where it's like trainers are sort of famous for being like, you know, 100 kicks, 100 knees, you know, 100 punches, 100 elbows. Mm -hmm. And you do that and you just kind of smoke yourself. They're set up differently because of the way the culture is and the way that fighters come in, often very, very young. And they're sort of, Essentially, in my opinion, they're doing a weeding out process. Mm. Essentially, like, if you can't hack it, you're getting kicked out of the gym because we can't make money off of you as a fighter. Mm -hmm. um, but for people who, like, want to do a thing for fun and to enrich their lives, it doesn't really translate. <laughs> so then sometimes people who are like, look at that tie train, like, oh, when you tie boxing, coach is like, 100 kicks, 100 this. Nah. It's not great. Got I'm it. like, dude, spend 10 minutes. I don't care how many kicks you throw. Just make each one as close to perfect or as close to optimal as you can. Mm -hmm. And that's gonna ingrain this movement pattern. And then you don't have to think about it. You can just do it when mm -hmm. you want to. Like that's such a good feeling. Yeah. Movement expression, man. It just all comes down to how well can I do a thing? And when I do it, what does it give me back? When what's I do about, a lunge, what do I get? What's great about like martial arts and Thai boxing is uh, if you do it wrong, you expose <laughs> your wrist to getting smacked. <laughs> To get flapped upside the head. This is a great right. learning tool. <laughs> great, yeah. So like, you know, throwing, let's say, a left hook. Mm -hmm. If you can throw a really powerful left hook, but you have to drop your hands, <laughs> step into it, and give it away, you're never going to touch anybody because you see it coming from a mile away, mm -hmm. and Bam. you're going to get smacked. <laughs> yeah. So that's, we can't like hit people in a functional fitness gym. 
I think about it with the PVC pipe sometimes, mm. but probably we used to have these little we used to have these little dodgeballs. <laughs> like little foam ones. There's yeah. There's a reason we don't have them anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've thought about. So I'm going to do this one day when we have a warm up with PVC pipes. Oh God! And the people who listen to this podcast will know what's up, and they'll be in on the joke. But people who don't is like, I want to basically set people up to like end up in like a lightsaber duel almost. Yes. Like, all right. Yes. I'm going to have them like hold your PVC pipe in this way, basically like a sheath sword. Oh my God. Like a samurai sword. Uh-huh. Okay. Now extending your right oh my fist God. backwards, <laughs> pull it out as if it were a sword. Turn, staggered stance, <laughs> and face your partner. Now cross your PVC pipes and just do it in a very serious <laughs> way until they're all standing there across PVC pipes oh and snap God. a picture. Like, I'd be so stoked. That, that's I'm going to pull it off. If you listen to the podcast and you're there on the day that I do... Don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. Just go along with it. Like, <laughs> be super serious and, like, buy into it to get everybody Dude, you will 100% be able to do this. I know this for a fact because I've got a room of 15 adults to do the Macarena one time. The ma- <laughs> As a warm-up? Oh, yeah. Yes. It's like, all right, guys, we're going to start in this, like, prisoner stance, you know, fingers lightly behind the head. And then I was like, all right, what I need you to do is extend your right arm. You're going to externally rotate your hand. Now we're going to match on the left side. I mean, I had hands on hips before somebody goes, are we doing the damn Macarena? Yes. One of the greatest moments of my professional career. Uh, So to wrap this thing up, I think it's important that we call back to uh, some of the things that we do uh, that are specific to us and then why we do them. So one of them, which is like we create, we're creating blocks of training because we want to be able to hit multiple types of goals throughout the year. But we also want to use those blocks of training to educate people on how they can continue to do that style of training even when we're not focusing on it. For example, we're in a six week block right now where we're talking about, or we're really focusing on hypertrophy. And what that looks like for us is tempos are a little bit longer, time under tension is way higher. Loads end up being a little bit lower because of it. And it's important for us to express to people the reason we do that is we're developing muscle size, which will, and then we're also working muscle endurance. But more importantly right now, we're creating durability so that when we move into the strength phase, everyone's ready for that. Or at least most people can be ready for it. Also, now you will understand that when we move to sets of three, five, six in a pattern and we're trying to express maximal strength, if that's not your jam, you can do either the same reps and add tempo or you can add a few reps uh, and stay in kind of that hypertrophy range, but you can still train with us. You show up on squat day just like everybody else and yours can be a little bit different and you've learned how to do that already. Uh, Additionally, we're prioritizing what you can do outside of the gym more so than what you're doing in the gym what you're getting in the gym and how you're progressing should immediately show up in your ability to show up outside of the gym. What can you say yes to? What can you say no to fewer times in your life if you wanna say yes to those things? Um, And then sustainability. We want you to look at what you're doing and say, I could do that for years because I physically can. It doesn't destroy me and I want to. Love it. Where, Where are you gonna see us? I'm gonna see y'all in the gymnasium. Y'all be good.